and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, happy Tuesday to you. It's not Tuesday. Exactly. So today, we are going... And we don't even upload on Tuesdays either. No, we don't upload on Tuesdays either. You know, we don't... We we normally film on Tuesdays. Yes. um, But we are making an exception for this week and next week because Mm -hmm. it's holiday season. Oh, yeah. And by holiday season, I mean summer. Well, there's that too, and we're also uh, making a, a planning a trip for our actual recording time. Exactly. So, so we're gonna be we're gonna be doing that. We'll bring back the report on that next week. So stay in tune with us, so you can join in next week and hear what we did and why we did it, and we'll tell you all the details. Also, for our followers who like to watch our live recordings on Twitch, again, we're recording right now on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're also gonna record on a Monday due to a holiday, an actual yep. holiday. Um, yep. Here in America, it's Independence Day. That's right. So, again, if you if you just go to twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames, subscribe, or follow us. I think it's subscribe there. Um, that way you'll get notified when we, when we join on, and you can be notified to join us on one of our live episodes. Followers on Twitch and subscribe on YouTube. Okay. Follow, <laughs> follow us on Twitch. I don't even know anymore at this it's, point. It's so complicated. Make sure you tweet at us at... Gmail.com. <laughs> I mean, it's still there. I just don't use that Twitter uh, account. Make sure all. you find our LinkedIn. <laughs> and uh, I don't have a LinkedIn. Life's complicated. It is very complicated. We have a lot going on, so... That's right. Hey, Luminous. Thanks for joining us. So we're going to get into our episode today. Um, today, we thought this was an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. We wanted to talk about our favorite games from our favorite mechanisms. And what I mean by this is this is just not not necessarily our favorite games, although I'm sure some of them will pop up because they're our favorite games for a reason. Mm-hmm. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to find what was our favorite mechanisms yeah. and pick out some of the games that really highlight that mechanism mm-hmm. and, exactly. and explain why that is, why we like it, and, and this is a shining example of that mechanism. So how did you do your rankings? Um, I did it by my favorite mechanism on top, and my eighth is my... is. Well, out of these eight, eight are my is least, least favorite. favorite. Yeah, yes. so out of my top eight, mm-hmm. um, my eight is not my least favorite, but it's just lower, and my number one is my favorite mechanism. There you go. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we, we ranked it the same way. Yeah, pretty much. I figured this was more about the mechanisms than it is about the 100%. games. So yes. I, I wanted to rank, and, and the thing is, I even have my uh, short list of mechanisms. That yeah, I went through. I, yeah, I, I, I had, had like fourteen. Well. I actually had more than that, but this is the top fourteen. I'm like, okay, and then I had to go through like, would I play this over this? Yes. Would I play this over this? Yes. And yeah. I went through all of these to find out what is my. I knew what my number one is because it's always been my favorite. Yes. So. Yeah. Same here. I my number one was easy, but my 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 honorable mentions or my shortlist. Yeah. That there's two weird little caveats of why they. I didn't put them in my normal list, but and I'll I'll get to that when when we get due to it. Yes, there's so many mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made like a top twenty. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take this six off my list here. My short list is the top fourteen mechanisms. And yeah. It's because to the point where it's just like this way. It's like I had to go one through the other and be like, do I like this one more than this one? Do I like this one more than this one? Yeah. And how I numbered it, and I'm like, oh, there's my eight. We're good. Yep, we're good. <laughs> we got this. We got there. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I, I, I I looked through the list and I was like, okay, that's one of my favorites, that's one of my... And then I dwindled it down, but I only had 10 total. Mm. And so the two that I was like, oh, well, those don't technically count. That's when I did that. Okay. Yeah, I, see, I, I had, like I said, I had about 20 or so 
I like wrote down 14 because I'm like, let me go back to this, but let me get the ones I know for sure that I like. Yeah. Once I hit 14, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I know these are the ones I like. I know my number one's in there, so now I'm down to, thir- I have to whittle down 13 games. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. So, Luminous, or anybody else who joins us in the chat, make sure you write down your favorite mechanisms and your favorite games game from those that mechanism. mechanisms. Yeah. Awesome. So, but before we get into that, Daniel, what have you been playing lately? All right, so I actually have completely new games of what I've been playing lately that I have not talked about. Uh, wow, it's like, like four, four, four brand new games that you've never talked about before. Uh, other unless I mentioned them in passing or stuff like that. These are all relatively new to me as well. You know, same uh, here. One of them Very is, new. I have talked about it, but more so because it was filled of shame, so, it, so to speak. Oh... It had been on shame for a while. Yep. But let's just start... slightly less shameful. It's yes. just for the just moment. A, yep. So moving to my first one, though, I want to talk about is one that you've been trying to get me to play. And you actually, I got a copy of it when we did our um, all day gaming at Zia, the, their tabletop day at oh, the, yes. the local okay. game store. And so I'm like, all right, I'll try this out. It's a pseudo-sequel to one of my favorite games of all time. And it's right there on the second shelf on the new shelf. Okay. I'm looking. You go ahead and keep talking. And that is a Repos production game, So Clover. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I, I, ha- I did get it played. Uh, we actually really enjoyed it. Now, my wife made an interesting point. She's like, this is d- difficult. It is fun. But she feels that it's actually different enough to Just One this way. They're oh, very not, much, They're, they're yeah. not comparable. She still likes Just One a lot just because of how uh, quick and simple and easy to teach mm-hmm. that one is. But this one was great because uh, one of my um, one of my favorite things of this one is like you get just two. You take a thing of cards and you put them in your clover. And you get two words that have no... Nothing Wait, nothing yeah. that you're like, okay, how the heck do I, like, uh, one one of the things we had, I had, like, a tile and storm. And I had to make a stretch and put tornado because it destroys houses that have tile in them, and it's a ma- massive storm. Luckily enough, the oh. other words actually made sense um, on the other side, so they're like, I guess this has to go here. But my favorite that I used, I had Triangle and Boss. Mm-hmm. And both my wife and one of my friends, his name is Angel, are huge Legends of Zelda fan. I'm, I like it, but I'm not as big a fan as them. Yeah. So my uh, thing was, my clue was Ganon. <laughs> this is an awesome clue. I would have gotten that right yeah. now. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, these go here. Yeah. Uh, and then another one... Uh, I showed my age on this one, uh, even though like our friends are around the same age as me. My wife's just slightly younger. Mm-hmm. But I grew up watching a lot of uh, James Bond movie. And so I had a clue for spy and bite. Okay. So I'm like, I, first thing that popped in my head, I put Bond on top. Because, you know, Bond's a spy. Mm-hmm. And one of the villain, villains is called Lockjaw. Yeah. So he's got like a strong bite. And then, you know, the whole joke about uh, sharks with laser beams on their heads and stuff like that come from, like, Bond. Mm. So I was like, okay, maybe they get it. They had a hard, hard time on that one. But so, Clover. Very cool. Uh, first one I wanted to talk about. Um, you really like these designers, and you like what they do. Um, we played a game from them not too long ago called uh, Roll for Adventure. This is Matthew Dunstan uh, and, and Brett J. Gilbert. Yeah. Yep. Now, I played another cooperative game from them 
recently called Professor Evil and the Citadel of Time. This game is a cooperative. You are basically trying to destroy Professor Evil by stealing his artifacts. Um, you have to go into his lair, sneak around, hopefully him not catching you, and deactivating his various traps that are around, like buzz saws, lasers, security cameras, all of these different things. It's very difficult, and the way it works is that you have a number of actions. You go into the spot, you can either unlock a door, you can uh, flip one of the action tiles off, or you can um, use a special action, or you can um, gather the artifact if all of the things are off. Okay. So, for example, there's like four saws, I think. Or no, there's three saw traps that they have. Okay. In order to get uh, one of the items that uses that, mm -hmm. you must deactivate all of the saws, plus any other symbols that they have on it. So if it's like a control panel and the saws, I know there's only one control panel, that's four tiles that need to be off when you get that. Okay. Because when you get the artifact, they turn back on. And each artifact has a certain amount of time that, that it takes to do it. So you might have like 50 minutes or so. So you move it on this clock that's in the center of the board. Um, once you get to that spot, or if it gets that spot, he's already saved the artifact. Mm -hmm. One, if you get it before then and deactivate all those, then you turn them back on. And, and you save that. First okay. one to four wins either side. Um, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. It had some fun parts. It was no role for adventure. That was by far better. Okay. Um, but I, I did enjoy it with one exception, is that I bought it at a, at a pretty large discount, and it didn't have the standees with it. Wow. So we had to use Transformer standees from the Transformer trading card game, or uh, deck builder. Oh, geez. And uh, so, you know, you can imagine that, how weird that was, like, yeah. moving around Optimus Prime. And it's like, well, <laughs> that's like Professor that. Evil. That's Professor Evil, right? <laughs> it, it was silly. But it, it does a cool thing, too, is you, you each have a deck of six cards, okay. you flip over two of them, and you're going to use one of them as a bonus to your actions. Okay. So, and you discard the other one. So that's kind of a fun little one. Um, the only problem is, is that each character only has six cards, so you only have three turns and you've seen all of it, and then you rotate again. And there was multiple times, <laughs> you had Decepticon, roll out! Yeah, it's it, it was pretty good. Um, I want to try it again with more players. Okay. It was... It was very difficult, but we were playing it wrong for the first artifact. So we couldn't... I didn't have time to rewind the clock literally and figuratively to play the full round. So we started playing by the real rules, and we're like, we'll just penalize ourselves a little bit. And yeah. See what we can figure out. But um, overall, it was pretty fun. I want to try with more players, though. So. Okay. Um, Illumina says he didn't enjoy that uh, specific no. game, but... I get it. And I, it's gotten mixed reviews, too. That's what you were telling me. Uh, we were talking about it last week at game night. You were saying how yeah. you were talking about how you didn't get the pawns and you wanted to get it try uh, tried out. And you actually were mentioning that might be one of your picks. It might. It might. We'll we'll have to see. But it, it's definitely one that I'm considering. All right. So I, before I move on to my next game um, for our game night, I'm just letting you know that the, when your next pick would be. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to be, well, I can't host, because that would be the day after 4th of July, and we're going to El Paso to watch Hamilton. Yep. And then uh, our mutual friend, Gamehead Geek, might not make it, okay. so uh, you, you, well, you could host it if you want, like you and Dom hang out and play games, but yep. we'll move yours to the following week. Okay. Sounds this good. This way, it's still fair. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Uh, my next game here is actually another one that you 
uh, recommended yes. highly. But I don't even know if you've owned this one yet. You were saying you were going to buy it. Ugh. You played it at Gamma. Oh, okay. I highly recommend. Okay, so it's fairly new. <laughs> it's fairly new. Um, it's a two-player only game. Really? Hold on. Sky Team? No. no okay. All right. It's in, I was like, that's not out for a few months. How no, did you it's, get it? it's one oh. of my favorite lores, uh, Star Wars. Uh, Star yes. Wars, the deck okay. building game. Yep, I'm um, curious to see what you think of this. I, I played it uh, right before. Yeah, it is two players only. Uh, yep. You can play four players, but you need a second copy. But yes, Star mm-hmm. Rail. Uh, but it is, I really do enjoy it. I like how you set up the row. To, like, if it's a dark side thing, they face the dark side of player. If you set up your, uh, if you're playing the, the, what is it, the Rebels, it sets up to you. If it's neutral, just where everybody can read it. Mm-hmm. I do like that aspect because you're just like, I have all this attack power, but I can't really touch his ship, which is blocking his planet. Because the whole goal is... ship, by the way. Yeah. The, their star ship. Um, their piece of ship, I the, swear. You can't attack it, but... He's got a guy in there that I can't attack, so let me take him out, get the reward off that guy, and take him out of the, the deck. And it, it's very simple. You just have to destroy your other uh, bases, or your other opponent's bases, three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, three out of five, basically. First of three wins the game immediately. It It's good. For a two-player game, uh, which won't probably get played a lot, I was like, you know what, I got to try this one. I've heard... Uh, the reviewers, you thought highly of it at yep, Gamma. I really did. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try it out. And I played it against our mutual friend, Dom. Uh, it was it was really, really good. Yeah. And I, I noticed something that they were doing in there, too, that is actually very thematic. Um, I had an early start because I was playing the Empire side. Sure. Which means sure. I got a lot of power. And then with the way the deck came out, too, I got a lot of uh, things that went well for me, like my starships and stuff like that. The Destroyers. Protect my planet and actually take some good shots at him. I took down two of his planets before he took down one of mine. But the way his cards work, like yes. if you have this he card, ramps up. he he ramps up. Like if you have this card, then this card can do this, and then this card can do this, yes. give you a little bit more power. So like if you have things like Poe, if you have, or no, it's uh the one from uh, uh, Kasson. I can't remember who it is. It's from a Rogue One. But if you have that character. He ramps up with something else. He had both Han Solo and Chewbacca, and um, they were working very well together. Yes. And then it just ramped up, and he ended up beating me. So I had a 2-0 lead. I blew a 2-0 lead and lost 3-2. to Yep. <laughs> and yep. So, That's kind of how I did, too. Yeah, it, it's so good, and I like the way, because it feels good. Yeah, because the Empire does have so much more capabilities compared to the Rebels, but the yep. Rebels build up and build up and can become better in the late game. And it, it's so, yeah. so good. It's so well done. What One of the things that I really liked about it was just how different each side was. Like, it, in Star Realms, like uh, Illuminous brought up, Star Realms, I mean, both sides, like, there's, it doesn't feel like you're playing different sides. Even if you play with yeah. an expansion pack, like, oh, you start yeah, slightly different. You start slightly different. Uh, and the Force it. Mechanic, yeah, that's the yeah. thing I haven't mentioned. That plays really great. So, yeah. like, if you got the Force all the way to yours... You always, if you get it at the start of your turn, you always get a good. But yeah. then you'll have cars, we'll say, like, if you have control of the force, this yeah. becomes a bigger bonus and stuff like that. Yeah. It just, it was really well dead. And honestly, Fantasy Flight has gone downhill for me. I've liked yeah. a lot of their stuff, but they haven't really been, it, other than Marvel United and Arkham Horror, they've been basically an LCG system. Yeah. They haven't been putting out really good games. 
And then they go and throw this just, and then randomly it's like, hey, we have this, we bid a a deck builder, but hey, here's our new CCG Star Wars. Instead of really pumping the the deck builder, which is an amazing game. Yes. It's probably one of the highlights I've played this year so far. But it's not collectible. No. That's the problem. Yep. And it's not even Fantasy Flight's fault. It's Asmodee's fault. Yeah. Well, it could be, yeah. Well, no, it's just because Asmodee, or Fantasy Flight lost a lot of their good licenses, like... X-Wing moved over to a different company. Uh, Armada moved over to a different company. Right. So, My next game that I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. I was checking to see if it was still on your shelf of shame. Which yeah. it is. My shelfie? No. I haven't played... Oh, no, have I played my shelfie yet? Oh, Living Forest. Yeah, Living Forest. I played it twice already. Uh, I'm we willing were gonna... to play it a third time. <laughs> we were going to play it on Saturday, but uh, we... We spent most of that time in a pool instead. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. We're in the desert, by the way, and it hit triple digits. Oh, it hit triple last digits last week. Yeah, uh, this. Yeah. I think Saturday was what 106. Yeah, it was supposed to be 108 today. Yeah, it, it only At got least. to 104, but no, I I checked the weather. It only hit 104. Yeah, inside the pool. Yeah, it did hit 104. It was boiling. It was crazy. Outside pool sounds like a... Yeah, it was a death trap because it's freaking hot. Yeah, it was It was impressive. I, I've never seen the steam, right? <laughs> it's from just a normal above-ground pool. It's the weirdest thing. Um, but no, the, here in the desert, we, we play a lot of games because it's a good reason to be inside. Inside, yeah, because yeah. it's hot. It's hot right now. June is, tends to be our hottest month, even though like most places it's like July and August. Yeah. But July and August is actually our coolest months in the summer because it's our monsoon season. Yes, exactly. That's true. Yeah, it finally gets it gets wet around mid or early July. Early July. Because almost every year it'll rain on the fourth of, of July, which is. If it doesn't rain on the fourth of July, you're going to get rain on the fifth. Yeah, exactly. It's very rare that we don't. But um, back to living, living forest. forest. Living forest is an absolutely brilliant game. I'm straight up saying that right now. I 100% see why it won the Kenner. I I absolutely adore this game. And so much to the point that my friend who who, who played it with me, mm-hmm. we ended up playing a rule wrong, which I later told him, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is what we did wrong. He's like, okay, that makes more sense. Um, and then he sent me a uh, list yesterday mm-hmm. of his top nine board games of all time. Living Forest made the list. <laughs> oh, dang. It is already on the list since I had shown him it, that it, one it's, it's a really cutesy game, too. Cutesy, yes, but, I mean, the art is amazing. Yeah. The art's really good. Well, like, you got the little, like, when I was looking through, like, the cards and the fairies and the forest mm-hmm. animals and stuff yep. like that, it's really good looking. Really good. What makes it so cool is, I, I mean, you've played Mystic Vale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like Mystic Vale a lot. I really do. John Clare is one of my favorite designers. But... What this does differently is it uses a similar system. It doesn't use card crafting, mm-hmm. but it does a similar system as far as the deck building goes. But instead of just giving you, oh, these are the resources you get, either it's points or more money to buy, okay. other things, whatever, it has four distinct actions. It's either sun, water, wind, or earth. Mm-hmm. Each of those work in a very different way. Sun is like effectively the currency. You can buy more cards for your deck. Uh, water, you're putting out the fires that are being added on. Yeah, uh, throughout the throughout the rounds, um, Earth, you're able to put trees in your orchard. Okay, and Wind, you're able to move around the tree and then get bonus actions okay. by doing it. On your turn, if you you have like the same mechanism where you might bust as mm-hmm. you're pushing your luck, 
If you hit three coins, uh, dark coins, that means you've busted, and you only get to take one action that okay. turn. Otherwise, if you stop before that, you take two actions. You still have an open choice. It's not, like, super detrimental, but it's still, like, you might be pushing for it hard anyway. Okay. And you can win in one of three ways, either by having 12 tokens, either by ha uh, fire tokens, either by having uh, 12 unique trees, or there is another little flower uh, symbol that shows up on some of the trees and some of the cards if you have 12 of those that are visible. And so you're using these combinations of moving around the tree, jumping over characters, stealing tokens from them that might push you towards victory, building up your orchard to try and like save the trees and get benefits from that. Yeah. You know, putting out the fires that are coming in because that all the fire system works really simply. Like the better the card that's bought from the previous round, that gets added to the tree for you to attempt to extinguish. Okay. I've only played this two players so far and I really like it. <laughs> I want to try it with more. I you're gonna fall in love with it. I really, I, really strongly. Honestly, when I looked it up, how, like I was trying to like buy this game and look for it because I was yeah. hunting it for a year since it got announced as the Kinderspiel winner. Because I, I saw how it played and I'm like, ah, yeah, it's right, it's right up my alley. Right. Looks fun. Okay, looks so I have a interesting question. So we know what the the 2023 nominees are this year. Mm -hmm. I you played remember. the 2022, which is Living Forest, and you played mm -hmm. the 2021, mm -hmm. which was Paleo. Which one's your favorite out of those two? That's really difficult. Because they they both do what they, they do, do really, really well. They both do what they do really well. Probably Living Forest right now. Cool. But I want to give it a few more plays. But we also have to play Paleo more, too. True. Yeah, because I haven't played any of the extra stuff. I've only played Scenarios A and B. I've only played scenarios A and B. Well, Kin we, no, Kinder is the kids. Kinder is the gamer game. Yeah, I think Kindergarten. Kinderspiel yeah. is is the is the young kids game. Um, but yeah, it Living Forest was just fantastic. I know you're gonna. I I do a pretty good job of of knowing how gauging your your games and, like, and it's not just that. This you, is a Daniel <laughs> game. I feel like, no, you're gonna like when you play. You'll be like, dude, like I know what you're talking about now. Like it's really solid. All right. So speaking of Kinderspiel. Uh, this is a Kinderspiel nom nominee. Illuminous For just this picked. year. This year, Illuminous just mentioned it. My Good next call. game is Challengers. Uh, we both played it as a two-player mm -hmm. aspect of it. Yep. I also played it on this past Saturday with the wife because they just wanted to play something pretty simple. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, I got the game for you for simple. Mm -hmm. It's basically war that old card game that you played as a kid where you just flip you split a deck of card you flip it whoever has the highest number wins that pot you until someone gets eliminated this one you play over seven rounds but there is a little slight agency in this game yes. um we weren't playing it properly in that first one where you could actually uh shed your deck every, oh, yeah. every round mm -hmm. to get stuff out but in essence you're building a deck so you have A's, B's, and C's. For like the first three rounds, you can pull from A. Uh, starting the third round, you can pull from B. And it tells you like, hey, if you're pulling for A, you t draw five cards, keep two cards. You're pulling from B. If like in the third round, you're you draw either uh, draw five cards and keep two cards from A or one card from B. Um, but you also have a decision like, okay, I'm going to keep this card, but I don't like the rest of these cards. Right. You can dump on the back, draw four new one, and then keep one out of there for your second card. Sure. You do that once per round. That's the only agency you really have is what you're going in your deck. And if you... Well, 
there's a little bit more to where certain cards will affect like uh, other things, or, yeah. Or like you get to like look at the top three cards, choose one. Yeah, but your main agency. But yeah, but that's but the, the thing is, is right. you have to put that in your deck for that right. capability. That's Some true. of those cards are just like, hey, this is worth five because what's going to happen is once you're done with the card phase, you're going to go into the challenge phase where you're basically playing capture the flag. Mm-hmm. You flip over a card, you capture the flag. The next person flips over a card, and they have to meet whatever your card is. So let's say I have a three, and you throw out a one. Well, you can't capture the flag, so you got to keep playing another card. The card that's on top ability triggers. Um, some of them, like if you play one that says, hey, look through there, uh, look at two, put one on your bottom, put one on your top, that will trigger. But it's uh, most of the time it's just like, hey, this is a plus one if it has the flag. Well, it wasn't the one that captured the flag, so it, it doesn't matter. Once you do meet the threshold or go over the threshold, all the cards you use, tuck on top, whichever one captured the flag is the only one I have to beat. So if you have a three there, then I just have to beat a three. Yeah. If it's a one, which added up to three to the rest of your cards, you just slide them over, and now I, all I have to do is beat a one. But I like how it kind of works because you have to be smart at how you're building your deck and shedding your deck. Mm-hmm. Because you only uh, every card that gets the flag taken away from them go onto your bench. Same type cards can be stacked on top of each other, but every card needs its own individual spot unless they're the same type. Like if the the starter deck is newcomers, there's three of those in your hand. You can stack all your newcomers on top of each other, but if you run out of room on your bench and you got no more for your people, you lose the capture. If you cannot capture, then you lose the capture and the other person wins. That That's the two ways to win a challenge. You take a trophy, where each trophy has randomized points, so if it's the first round, it, I think it's like one to four or something like that. Something like that. In the seventh round, it's between like six and nine, uh, some region like that. It's fine as a two-player game. The, yeah, the, the, only, the only difference as a two-player game is that the, um, uh, the all the points are... Yeah. Open. Visible, open it for yeah. information for everybody. So, like, if you're trophies, you keep them hidden. If you get fans based on cards, because that's what the points are called, are fans, mm-hmm. they just go to a pile. People kind of see what you have, but they don't know what you have in the trophy. In a multiplayer game, all that information is hidden, except for the fans that you, the, the little star points you get. And two, you actually change seeding over the seven rounds. I see. Uh, so, like, if I'm facing let's say Dom in my tournament, and you face Gamehead Geek, how it works, yes, and it holds up to eight players. Um, Once that's done, then you flip to uh, whoever goes. Whoever has the highest trophy ends up starting, and they start the capture. If they're tied, then you just flip the flag, and it tells you who's going to be the capture. Mm -hmm. And you keep doing that through seven rounds. I would actually really enjoy this game at eight players, just because it plays so quickly. There's a bunch of laughter. At a four-player game, it was fun. Yeah. And it played relatively quick. We did it in about 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. When you and me were doing it, we played two games in Teach in less than an hour. Yes. Yeah. And, well, that first game, I mean, you absolutely decimated me. <laughs> yeah. And I remember saying to you, it's like, this is stupid. This is a dumb game. We got time for one more. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, that, that's 100% my style. No, this was cool. I mean, it, it was good fun. I get why people who don't like it don't, don't like, like it. it. Yeah. I totally, totally understand. You don't that. have a lot of agency in this no. game. It, it's no. literally war. Once you shuffle your deck with your new cards, 
and put it down. You can't look into your deck unless your card tells you you can. Right. When you take a card, unless it tells you to reshuffle your deck, you put it all back in its exact order. Yep. So you have information. You know what's coming up because you looked at your deck. I'm putting this one on top and I'm boop. All right. <laughs> That's right. And so you, you have to be smart at how you're doing something like that. But it's so simple. It is dumb. It's fun. Because I had a rubber duck beat a, uh, what was it, a skeleton or something like that? Yeah, something, something ridiculous, yeah. And then it was have, a big rubber duck, though. Yeah, it was a big rubber duck. And then there's T-Rexes, depending on which cards. My only problem with it is, uh, yes, we're talking about challengers. I just recently played that one. It, it's, it's stupid fun, mind fun, mindless fun. I love it a lot. Yep. Uh, though, I will say this, it should be nominated for the Spiel des Jahres, not the Kinder. I agree with that. Alright, next one I wanted to talk about was a game that I was very, very excited about when I heard it. Um, I demanded that my boss order it so I could buy it. <laughs> this is based off of an IP of a video game. Yes, I was excited about a video game IP. The only one I can think of, well no, that is a... Uh... That is not even out. I think that went to Kickstarter, so... I'll give you a hint. It's a very old video game. Skyrim? Nope. Oh, I'm talking old. Old, like old? Nintendo. They made a Nintendo video. Uh, the only ones I can think of as the bad ones is like Mario Kart and stuff like that. This so. is from Trick or Treat Studios. Okay. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Shadowgate, The Living Castle. Oh, God, I haven't heard about that one in a long yeah. time. Yeah, Shadowgate. The the original point-and-click, like, one-player, like, old-school point-and-click adventure. I was a huge fan of this video game growing up, and they made they made <laughs> a Shadowgate Living Castle board game. Now, first off, one of the big things you need to know going into this is... Have you ever played Shadowgate, the video game? It's been years. I haven't even years. thought of Shadowgate in yeah. since I was... You better believe we were listening to the soundtrack. Like a teenager, uh -huh. in all honesty. Yep. So here's the thing. When we were playing it, we were listening to the soundtrack. Hmm. Uh, they did remaster it for the PC. I, I've already downloaded it and played it. It's awesome. However, it's known for its kill count. It is incredibly frustrating if you don't know that going in. So, very often, you might get death cards. That doesn't mean you're eliminated from the game. That's literally just a minus five points at the end of the game for each card. So, you'll be, you'll be going through three, three uh, rounds. Uh, during the first round's deck, the first set of quests, mm -hmm. you can unlock the second, and then from the second, you can unlock the third. Once all three stabs have been uh, acquired amongst all the players, and then... Uh, you have unlocked the, the 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 boss. You can fight against one of the bosses, and they normally have about fifty health, and they have different abilities and whatnot when they attack you. Um, but basically, you're completing these quests by either trading in items, um, doing different uh, skill checks, basically, and competing for experience points. Okay. The, mo the most experience points at the end of the game wins. Um, now, this is unlike other ones. Like I said, roll for checks and whatnot. It's not really... Like, for example, if I have, um, like, four mind... Yeah, and the art is amazing. It's not no, this one. No, that's not that one. Maybe it's I don't know what that is. Uh, well, the it's Shadowgate. The Living... Shadowgate, one word. Um, the Living Castle. Yes. Um, so, the art is phenomenal. 
I love the art on this. It looks like the video game cover. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah, no, and all the cards have their own little rooms. Based off of, like, the newer art, you have all the different characters that have their own abilities. You're equipping different kinds of items. Um, there is one part about it, is that the border of monsters and normal quest cards mm -hmm. are very, very similar, and that's the only delineation between the two. That board is a bit rough. I agree with you on that one. It, uh, it, it is a bit rough, but it's actually, you know, that board is kind of unnecessarily big. But no, no, I, I get what yeah. you're saying. I'm this whole it. area is just open for the art. Like, there's no, like, that picture, it's cool, it is hugely unnecessary. It looks pretty cool, so yeah. if you're an audio listener... You should look this up. It actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, if you like dark, you know, creepier looking art, like it's not gruesome, but it is dark. Um, it and we played this. Now, the the way the checks work is simple. If you need um, like three shields to complete a quest, mm -hmm. you just look at your number at your numbers of equipped items plus your stats, and if you beat it, if the, your number is equal to or higher, then you succeed. Done. Okay. It's not really a check, but. Um, on what every one of your turns trying to complete a quest, you could choose one of your traits and roll some dice that are either zero, one, or two. Okay. And if you roll any numbers, you add those to that one trait. So let's say I have enough to, to defeat two of the traits, but I need a third one. I don't have enough. I can attempt to roll and try and beat it. Okay. And if I do, then I'm successful. I take that. And I can also discard items to potentially boost the number of victory points that will be worth at the end of the game. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Um, there is um, certain like quests, like puzzle quests, where mm -hmm. it'll say, um, it'll ask you like one of the riddles, like from the Jins of the video game. Yeah, and it will give you the answer right away, and because that's the 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 answer is the item you need to give in order to solve the puzzle. Huh. So I, like that's not spoilers. Like it'll like you draw the card and it'll tell you the answer. Yeah, like, yeah. Right below it. Um, so we had to play it where, because our mutual friend Jim, he, he like, he wanted to figure out the puzzles. Yeah. So we, uh, our friend Lorenzo would, would you read the... You, you have to do the, the gym roll, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, he wanted to, he wanted to try it. It was cool. Um, was it that great of a game? Eh, it was fine. It was fine. It looks interesting. Um, it wasn't something that I would, like, go out of my way. Like, it's no living forest. It's no, it's not like those other games like, dude, you need to check out this game. Everything doesn't not have to be like a ten star game. As right. long as you're having fun with it, and sometimes nostalgia and will allow you to have that fun. I I see what a lot of, like I was definitely going into it with a lot of nostalgia because okay. that I love the video game and yeah. all all the things that it's about. That is totally my stuff. The game itself, it's fine. <laughs> if you're not into the theme, you're not going to like the board game that much. Though I will say, Trick or Treat Studio has been intriguing me a lot more and more yes. with their stuff. Like, I, I wanted to try the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. I, I am going to buy Halloween. Yep. Uh, but like, even some of their smaller ones uh, you were mentioning that they reprinted, uh, was it a Daniel Solis game? Or, Something like that. I don't or know. I think it was a Kinesia. They reprinted a Garfield with a horror theme on it. Oh, yes. It. Yeah, uh, the Kinesia, the zombie mania. Yeah. So they have some stuff in there that's intriguing me that's yep. pretty good. Exactly. So Shadowgate, the Living Castle, that was the la the next one I played. All right. The last one I played, you are actually in this game. We were waiting on you to actually start this game, and we had to play the shortened game. I Mind apologize. You, we, all, we all agree. I apologize. We all I'm agreed to play. Sorry, the Daniel. <laughs> we all agreed to play the short game, anyways. Yeah. So why just, are you blaming me on this? We already. Well, we were hoping to get more gaming done. That's why. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Because <laughs> yeah, the short game is still three hours, and that was with a teach too. So that's that, 
that's not too bad. Yeah. It's a do it on the map game uh, about a futuristic uh, uh, fallen moon, basically turned uh, uh, the the the, Earth, the planet Earth into a wasteland, and a lot of things mutated and became different things. Uh, you played the last surviving humans, the nomads. Mm-hmm. I played uh, mutated bugs, and I had a hive and everything. The dark seed and our mutual friend played the uh, the boar lords, who are mm-hmm. basically boars. Uh, this game is called Sukiyumi Full Moon Down. It's been on my shelf of shame for ages. I want to say 2021. It's not the longest game on the shelf, but it was the biggest game that was on that shelf. And there's not like a giant. I was since I took that down, I was able to move all the shelf of shame to one shelf now. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, you were wondering where Sukiyumi is. It's down at the bottom because there's so many games or so much stuff for it. So for my big games like that, like Rising Sun and Tsukiyumi, I put them on the bottom shelf. This way, it's just easier to dig out uh, when I want to play it. But yes, we finally got it played. Uh, I had a blast with it. It's not my favorite area control game by far. Uh, it's probably, out of all the ones I played, maybe two, maybe three, somewhere like that. Um, but it is. it was fun. I liked what it did. I love that card play uh, where it's like, you got your white face. You take two actions. You have your blue face. If your card has a blue face, uh, you have a green face, or yeah, green face. Then it's a red face. So it plays over each round is played over four phases. Mm-hmm. You start it by selecting a card in your hand. Once you select that card, the rest of your cards go to the player to your left. You start with six cards. You're only going to play in a four-player game. It's four cards. We played three. Because we played the three or in a th- uh, four round game, that's the normal game. We played the short round, which is three three rounds. I liked it. I love the fact that each um, race has their own um, talent. Like mine, the the hive is all about swarming and taking as much territory as you can at one point. Uh, yours were all about getting your tools out there and hoping you win fights. Mm-hmm. Our our buddy, uh, his boars were just strong. I think one of them was like a 50. Something like that. Yeah, so it it did really well. The card play is really cool. I like that a lot. You came close to winning. I did not play efficient at all. Yeah, I was really... really, You were two points? You you were the decider if I would have won or not. Yeah, and I was just trying to get as many points as I could because yeah. you, you were like jumping into my territory. I was like, no, I got to I know it. you were fighting for second. <laughs> I was fighting for first, and you prevented me from going first. Yeah, so. But, oh well. I was trying, I'm like, I know I can't catch up to our mutual friend Dom because he had control of the moon, mm-hmm. and so he was getting points every time he had, every round that ended, he was getting points. Yep. But I liked what it did. It For an area control, it was good. But that card play, that's what intrigued me. That's why I'm saying, like, it made it, it went pretty high for me on, like, the area control list. Just because how fun that card play is. It's like, oh, God, all of these cards are really good. Yep. But, like, your final card that you played, you just walked away from the board until we got to red face. Because you're like, it's a cool card. I get to do nothing the rest nope. of this round until any, the last other actions, So you guys have fun. So yeah, him and me were trying to rack up points. I was trying to get stuff out there this way I could protect territory that I already had yep. so I can get my points. Uh, but yeah, it was a good a good time. I really did enjoy this one. Yeah, you know, for being a dude on the map uh, game, I even enjoyed it. Um, I probably wouldn't play it that often yeah, because well. it's really still not my style. 
But the, and the thing Spoiler, is... Spoiler, that won't be on my favorite mechanisms list. And also, the thing about this one, too, is just, like... Dudes on the map games are just, like, legacy... Or not legacy style, but they're light, right. lifestyle-type games. Because when you got stuff like... Uh, where, where is that called? Yeah, there's uh, just so many of them. Really. Well, I'm trying to find out where I have it. It's one of my bigger ones. It's the um, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. Oh, that yeah. one's really long. Tsukiyumi's long. Rising Sun is probably the quickest dudes on the map game that I own. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, Risk can be a long game. Uh, sure. The, El Grande, actually, is one of the shortest ones, but it still can yeah. go pretty uh, long. And we played it at two players, and it still took us about an hour and a half when we played El Grande. Mm-hmm. So, But they're, they're still fun games to play. I do enjoy them. And this one really climbed for me because I love the asymmetric play. And like I was telling you, there's some... Uh, expansions that they have that I want to play, like the Whale Lords. You have like this giant walking whales. Their flippers are now their feet. It's hilarious. Yeah, those are pretty good. Cool. Awesome. And the last one I wanted to talk about was one that I just played uh, the other night with my kids. I got this because it just came out recently. Um, so I was like, okay, now's my chance uh, to play it. It is, I think, a Target game. And it is another IP game that I've actually played. This is Indiana Jones Sands of Adventure. Okay, yeah, uh, it's not the... the, the, the throw oh. Me the Idol. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not Throw Me the Idol or the cryptic one. This is the Sands of Adventure, which have you seen the sand timer in this? Uh, yeah, it's the... It kind of rocks. Yeah, it has two little, like, baskets on it. Yeah. So, it's... It's like Uno, in a way, <laughs> oh, where... That, just, that's not too bad. Funko did I, pretty good with Cooperative Uno with the, yes, the what is it called? The Sanderson sister one. Right, right. Um, Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. But here's here's what they did. Oh, yeah. I, on the wall. Oh, Space Space and Gizmos. Amazing games. Yeah, they're both good games. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this game, the way it works is simple. You're just trying to get the right cards to play. On, on your turn, or when it gets to the second phase, I'll explain okay, that a little bit more in a bit, um, you're playing basically real-time. You're trying to play your cards as fast as you can mm-hmm. because you're trying to play hit cards specifically. Hit cards just have any of the four characters just like swinging or punching or whatever, right? Um, but they're either a color or they have a symbol on it, whether it's a hat, a shovel, a talisman, or something else. I forget yeah. what it is. Um, or a book. Or it's either red, green, yellow, or blue. And so... On a blue book, I can only play blue cards or books. Okay. Right? There are some upgrade cards that have multiple. Like, they might have two colors or two symbols on it. So it makes it a little easier. But normally, the hit cards only have one. So it might be, like, a red hit card. That means the only thing that can be played on that is any other red card. And then in order to get it back to a hit, you have to play something that would get it back to a hit. So, like, if I had another red hit, I couldn't just play it on top because it doesn't Mm -hmm. have a symbol. So you play a red shovel and then a red hit again. And they and each of the three rounds, you have a different villain and they have um, increasing amounts of HP. Okay. The way you win is by defeating the final villain. You can lose to the first two villains. That's fine. Um, it'll just give you a penalty in the future rounds, okay. which we did for all of it. We lost every three. <laughs> all three of them. It wasn't even close. But what's so cool is that you have a worker placement spot, and it's similar to Villainous, okay. where the the, pla- the place where you put your character, you must move it to a different worker placement spot, mm-hmm. um, which all the spots give you combinations of, you may play a card, or you may draw one card, or play two cards, 
or draw as many upgrades as you want. But if you get two of two of the same color, you have to discard them all. Different ideas like this, right? Yeah, but it's probably Funko's way of taking that mechanism back because right. they don't have the rights to villainous anymore. Exactly. And then at the end of it, uh, and it's more to it. It's uh, everyone's playing on the same board. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But and each spot has an A and B too, which has different ways yeah. to manipulate stuff. And you can't ever go to the one where the villain is because at the end of everyone one of those turns, you either roll one or two dice, which generally give you bad stuff. Mm-hmm. It could either be an X, which activates the villain, which will normally be moving to the next spot, um, and yeah, Funko in there and causing it, yeah. rolling the dice for the villains. Yeah, it, it's rolling giving the me dice, uh, yeah. what is it? Back to the future. Back to the future vibes, right? <laughs> like darn it, Biff. So this is Andy Jones. I know, darn it, Biff. <laughs> no, uh, if you move, if each villain works differently, so if they move onto your spot, they'll normally yeah. cause a penalty. But more than likely, you'll be rolling either small or large gems, mm-hmm. which you have to place into the top basket. Okay. At some point, you will see the basket. Uh, this is one at a time. You know, you're playing casually. But at, at some point, that timer is going to be weighing so much on the top basket that the timer is suddenly going to swing down and flip, and that timer starts going. At that point, you immediately start playing cards. Yeah. You play as fast as you can, play as many as you want, and then draw a card at the end of your turn. Then the next player, do it again, do it again. But there are snake cards. During the regular round, during the regular round, um, yeah, I'll come back to that here in a minute. During the regular round, if you draw a snake card, that's just one of your draws. Oh well, you don't draw back up. You just discard it and sucks for you, right? Yeah. So if I draw two cards and they're both snakes, well that was it for my turn. No benefit. But during that, during the fast round, the timed round, when you hit a snake, you have to start rolling a die, and two of the six sides have a torch on it. Oh, God. And you have to speed roll it until you hit a torch, then finally the next player can take their turn. Oh, jeez. And so there are upgrade tiles where you can ignore the ignore yeah. a snake. There's ones where you can play any card, stuff like that, right? You can interrupt another player's turn. Again, back to the future yeah. vibes. Each of the characters have their own special ability. Like Indiana Jones can go into space with the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget her name, but the female uh, protagonist. Well, it's just like which one is this based off of? This is the, the movies. The uh, that narrows it down. There's the two females. Raiders. There's one for uh, oh, so the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this is based on Raiders. Okay, uh, I don't remember her name, but I was like, uh, there's a whole Marian? different... I think it's that one, yeah. Because like there's another one yeah. from Temple of Doom, but that's kind of a prequel to... Right. Yeah, no, she... Her ability is you start each round with more cards than the other players. Like, you normally start with four, she starts with six. Mm-hmm. So just different things like this. Really exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, genuinely, my kids were let... My kids, when we finished playing, after losing, both of my kids said... Dad, we honestly thought this was going to be pretty boring. This was awesome. They wanted to play it right then and there again. <laughs> my teenagers, who don't even care to play games with me anymore, Only who went in with a preconceived right? notion. Yeah, well, yeah. It, who the went other in with one a, acts as a teenager. <laughs> she's drama enough, yes. Um, they went in with a preconceived notion of assuming it was boring, learning a brand new game of an IP that they know nothing about. That's on your. It. That's on you. That's on me. I, I will admit that's on me. I didn't. I didn't watch it for the first time for like five years ago. So <laughs> too. So I know it's on me. But knowing all of those things against it, mm-hmm. and that they still lost and had fun, that says a lot. 
I can highly recommend this game. Cool. This was really a phenomenal experience. I do want to try it. Yeah, I will bring it. it. It was, you, I think, would like it just because it's not complicated. But when that timer flips, that suddenly it gets so exciting. <laughs> of you're just dumping cards. Just roll, like, okay, roll, roll it! Roll, roll it! Roll it! Yeah, it was, it was fun. Now, going back to Illuminous. Uh, yes, um, Furnace. Awesome, awesome engine builder. It's really oh good. My gosh. It's quick. It's yeah. so quick. Basically, you play in two phases. You're betting on things. You're, uh, sorry, geez. You're betting on things, and then you go into the phase. Your your engine's firing off for the next round. Basically, you're trying to get all the resources to buy your points at the end of that round. It plays over four rounds. It's quick, too. Yeah. Yep. Very quick. Uh, before we get going into our uh, topic, I just want to go up mm-hmm. a little bit because Illuminos actually put his stuff out. Here we go. Uh, so for his favorite mechanisms, uh, favorite games from favorite mechanisms, hand management, betting, bluffing, take that uh, for him is Mind Bug. Okay. For hit and roll deduction, I still want to play Mind Bug. I is really Blood on the Clock Tower, and that's what I want to try too. I had a chance to buy it in one of the stores. Uh, uh, it was on the shelf, and I considered it. I strongly considered it because I'm totally in the for that. I like, I, I like that I style. I don't like social deduction stars. It's just. not on my list. Spoiler again, but I it's not one of my favorite mechanisms. But I like it. I like it. That's bottom well. of the barrel for me. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's one of your least favorites. But, I can't. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and also before we begin our actual list, I wanted to talk about my uh, short list um, and bring up the two. And why these mechanisms didn't quite make my list. Um, first off, I put Moncala mechanism. And the reason why I decided not to include this as one of my top eight is because my favorite example of the Moncala mechanism is, is Moncala. <laughs> it does very few games. I mean, there's a little bit in, um, in uh, Crusaders. There's a little bit in um, Trajan. Mm-hmm. But really, Moncala does the best one. And when the mechanism is titled after the game itself, itself yeah. you know, that's kind of, it goes without saying. Um, hey, good one. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Um, the other one that I was going to talk about is my mechanism. I chose stacking and balancing, and my game was going to be Rhino Hero. But really, and that's only because they separated it from other forms of dexterity. Yeah. I like dexterity a lot, but that was not technically one of the categories. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I can do, I, I would love almost any dexterity game. But yeah. because that's not as defined on the on Board Game Geek, that's why. Um, well, they do have dexterity on their list. Because, uh... They do, in different styles. Because we've done a top eight debate of dexterity. Right, but that wasn't as a mechanism. No. Right. Uh, so I had a couple on my short list. I had, uh, let's say, tile placement, uh, set collection was on there, co-op, which is one of their mechanisms. Those and, are on there. And good one. If you want to put down which games that you like, your favorite games from your favorite mechanisms, go ahead and enter it in the chat and we'll read it out. So let's get going. Favorite games of favorite mechanisms. That's right. So again, we put them in order. Mm-hmm. Number eight is uh, the least out of these eight. It doesn't mean we don't like it. I think Clax is considered oh, a dexterity Oh, is 100% a dexterity game. And see, that's a great example of one that I would put on there, but it's not a balancing stacking game. Yeah. So even though the mechanism was balancing and stacking and there's some other, like, flicking and mm-hmm. stuff like that, 
Yeah, I, I love those all as just dexterity. Yeah, so, Anything so I guess I. is yeah, a manipulation, a, a balancing, or like a speed. Because technically, my favorite thing. dexterity game is Tumbling Dice. It's more of a flicking game than anything. Yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go. Our first one, that's, that'll be, I have to remember. Me. 25 no, is me. Tails, yep, that's right. So, my first Ice one... Ice Fantastic. Uh, it, I kind of mentioned already um, when I was talking about Super UV Formal Down. Uh, area control is still one of my favorite mechanisms. I do like a dudes on the map, even though I suck at them. Oh, yeah. Oh, heartedly, I suck at them. Wait, this is your number, is number eight? eight? Yeah. The, I had this picked for your number one. I area control you love area control. Area control. No, that's probably our mutual friend, Dom. Area control is well, one of my favorite mechanisms, but it is more on the back end of it than okay. it is okay. to okay. the top of this list. And this is Rising Sun. I do love everything that Rising Sun does. Um, one, it's quick. It plays yeah. over a certain amount of rounds. You do a tea ceremony. You basically set up yourself for a partnership, but you're not beholden to that partnership uh, because there's a thing in there that you could choose be like, okay, I'm breaking this, and then set it all up for yourself. Yeah. You lose honor for it. But sometimes it's good to be low honor because some of those Onis need you to be like lowest on the track of honor and stuff yeah. like that. I love the variability with the monsters. You can change out cards. You can change out the monsters. Uh, yeah, you could kill your troops to lose a battle. It's basically their version of the Loki mechanism, the seppuku. <laughs> so yeah. it'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to have an honorable death. Screw you guys. I'm out. Yep. Um, I, I also... I'm not a huge fan of bidding. You know this is not one of my favorite mechanisms. It does it well in here because you have like a blind bidding, but you have like a decision to go across the board. It's like, okay, do I want to put it all over here or do I want to put it in like seppuku? It was similar to like uh, um, Dungeon Pets too in that same aspect. Yeah. Like, who are you? So it's more action selection than it is bidding. In, in essence, yeah, because you want to be the one that has highest there. You still lose yeah. your coins and you give it to the other players. But um, when you win that one, you give it to the other players who are also in that battle. Yeah. This way, if they go later on the track, they'll have more coins. So it's quite interesting how this works. Because um, it's all area controlled to get the most points in certain areas that are only going to score for that specific round. Because you're also trying to get different tokens and stuff like that because they're going to give you points. It is by far... One of my favorite games of all time, um, and this specifically for this mechanism as well. It is my favorite game, just because it does so many little minutia stuff really well. The bidding, the the tea ceremony, it, it basically made diplomacy fun. <laughs> yeah, it really did. I mean, the first one that did that was uh, Game of Thrones. Let me tell you. <laughs> but no, I really do enjoy this one. So my number yeah. eight area control in that game is Rising Sun. Uh, good one. Let me ask you real quick. You put down favorite dexterity game, Minara, and favorite co-op, or love co-op, and it's the first co-op dexterity game. Yeah. is I believe Minara is based off of Via Paletti, like where you have the pillars and you're trying to move them up. We played Minara. Yeah. Is that the one that I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah I don't know if it's based off of uh, Vila Paletti, but yeah, you get the... The color, and then you have to stack it, but you don't want to drop the tower. Yeah, and okay. Put stuff but on you're top building one big tower, right? Yeah, the working pillars. together, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that is the one I thought of. That's an awesome game. <laughs> it was really fun. So, going through this list, uh, my number eight is going to be a fairly obscure mechanism. Of course. Of course. It wouldn't be obscure without you. But I couldn't help but, like, 
bring this other one that I found, which is possibly the most obscure game mechanism I've ever heard. Only 38 games apply to this mechanism. <laughs> and this is called Mechanic Circuit-Based Trading Games. This is a, fam a family game where players move around a circuit collecting items. It includes Monopoly-like games, but also a bit broader. So it says, you move around a track, goods, uh, script, assets, properties, and the like, which people can collect, buy, or sell based on the tracks that they land on. Um, and I realize there's a lot of games that actually apply to that, that I think they unfortunately forgot about that this is a thing. Because who would know that definition? Yeah. I, I stumbled upon it. I was like, what in the world is that? Circuit-based. Uh, I think like the highest one was like 7,000. Yes. Ranked yes, 7,000. Yeah. So, yeah, we do. No, but no, my no, first no, no, one, no. My first one, my number eight, is an action that is... Or an action. It's a uh, mechanism that... This game was not listed under it, but I feel very strongly it was. And I'm going to make my my explanation right now. That's it's turn order claim action. And what that is, is basically if you do an action on your turn, that, cre that changes the turn order of a future round. So like taking the first player marker and mm -hmm. then first player... Goes clockwise from there. I, I know. I, right. I know that sort of games like uh, Five right. Tribe does it, where you're waiting for first yep. player. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Where well, it's the action specifically that would be bidding. Mm. This is more like um, just. Uh, I mean, we played a game fairly well, recently. Replacement where, does yeah, it all the time. It, they do it all the time, right? It's like I'll get this minor ability and I'll be the first player next round. Yeah. Like, cool. Done. Problem solved. And so this is it. But my, you are doing uh. You are doing action selection in this mm -hmm. game, and you are doing so, which will just... Okay. The, the space you what take... What is the game? The space you, <laughs> you take... You take it ten minutes. Yes. Not the space you take will determine all of the actions you can take, but it also determines the turn order. This is last will. <laughs> you, you, minutes. you didn't even know the game anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, this is Last Will, the one where you had to get rid of all of your money before everybody else. It's a lot I, of Shavala. I know the game, I just right. haven't played it. Right. So there's a track of different um, different things you can do on your turn. Okay. But where you go at the beginning of your track determines what turn order you're going to be in, mm -hmm. but also determines what actions you're going to take. So generally, later in the round, it's better actions, but you're going to get fewer choices. Okay. So I feel like, in a way, that does technically count as turn order, claim, uh, action, whatever. Random, random stuff. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about Last Will because it was a good example of it. And it, it incorporates a lot of mechanisms that I'm going to be talking about later on. But Last Will, that is my number eight. Okay. <laughs> the rest are normal from here, I swear. Mm, Hold on, let me double check. No, no, yes. not. Yes, the rest are normal. That's the weird one. Got it out of the way. All right, I'll be, be starting this off. Yep. My number seven here is... Also, I think it's one of your favorite mechanisms. I know it's Probably. one of your favorite games. I just don't know if it made the short list onto this list here. Let's find out. It is the oldest game on my list here. I didn't even look for it. I, I'll give games. you the name, and I'm going to have you guess the mechanism. Oh, my oldest game from the 90s. My oldest game. This is uh, 70s or 80s. Wow. Okay. Even Designer's like, name is Sid Saxon. Okay, so that's either that's probably can't stop. Which is push your luck. Yep. Yep. 
That's exactly what it is. My number seven favorite mechanism is okay. Push Your Luck, and my favorite game out of that is Can't Stop. I don't own this game. I want to own this game, but I love a lot of Push Your Luck games. Uh, there's quite a few that we've played. I love it when they incorporate it in other games, like Mystic Valley you mentioned. They yes. have a little Push Your Luck aspect mm-hmm. to it. Uh, there is another game you just mentioned that has Living a, Forest. Living Forest has it. Yes. That was one of the reasons why I was like, I want to play that one. <laughs> so, this is such a good game. I can't stop. Is the I think one of the first uh, press your luck game, push your luck, uh, uh, like blackjack, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, like, outside of just traditional card games, but yeah, how simple this Yahtzee. how simple this game is is basically you're rolling dice to move your pawns up. Mm-hmm. It's harder to move the twos and the twelves because you're you're not gonna. Statistically, you're not supposed to get those votes. And you can keep rolling as much as you can, but you have to always push uh, something forward. And so it just does this so well, so simplistic. It is, Luminous. Lost Cities is Press Your Luck. <gasps> There's some bad games in there, but. <laughs> uh, but this one, this is by far one of the best. And it's the reason why it's my favorite Push Your Luck. I don't think anything I've played Push Your Luck style has surpassed the simplicity and just the fun that Can't Stop is. And I remember the first time you ever showed me this game, mm-hmm. we were eating at, I think it was a, IHOP, yeah, it was IHOP. We busted out this big, giant stop sign game. It was you, me, and my wife. No, wait, it was Village Inn. It was the one on, um, oh, yeah, that's on, on uh, the one over there by the Target. Yes. And so we just busted out and we just started playing it and we were just having a blast. Yep. And the, the waitress came over and she's like, that looks fun. Yep. Everyone there is, yeah, and Bullet is another good push your luck. Yep. I actually have a copy of somewhere on this shelf over here. Speaking of which, I have to pull it off my shelf because I have to take it somewhere. That's right. My number seven is, it, it's the broadest term of all of these. And I picked the game that I feel does it absolutely the best. Because I love classic style card games. And most card games do apply to this mechanism. I swear to God, and if you put your own game on this list, nope, I'm going to nope, smack you with my clipboard. I did not put any of my own games on this. <laughs> because I feel this game does what I do better. Um, the Scout. And this the mechanism is hand management. Because it is so, so... Bias alarm! Bias alarm! It is so specific on how you have to manage your cards in Scout. Wow, this has really climbed up in your top 100. I, it, though, because I love card games where you have to you have to plan the right stuff. You have to mm-hmm. know when to play. You have to know what cards work best when. Yep. And not only can you not change the order, not only is this ladder climbing, but if you can't stay in the round, you take a card from somebody else and insert it somewhere in your hand on either of the two sides. So it's a multi-use card system. It is so brilliant. The way you have to think to play this game is, it's just, Oh, you can't find a copy. They're at Barnes and Noble now. They're very common at Barnes and Noble. Um, but scout, it is so fantastic. It took a lot of things from a lot of card games that I've really enjoyed. And after my first couple play, I'll, I'll buy one and send it to you. <laughs> I have like ten at ours. Yeah, um, it, it's just it's so brilliant. I need to stop looking that direction because I keep stopping my sentence. If you like classic style card games like Gin Rummy, if you like mm-hmm. uh, some of the new stuff like multi-use cards, if you liked uh, 
dealt or crisscross or whatever Honestly, it was called. I don't think I saw Scout on the multi-use card list. I no, I don't think it was on the multi-use cards because it functionally is only the one because yeah. they're split cards. But the fact it is on hand management, and yeah. that's why I picked it because I think it's a brilliant example of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> we'll get with you in a little bit. Yeah, we'll discuss details afterwards. All right. All right, that's it. Moving on to our number six. Okay, number six. Me. You got it. <laughs> number six. Now, like, I'm scared to catch this coin right now. Like, I mean, there's three other choices over there. Yeah, but this is cool there. Uh, I don't know. That's a Frost Haven and a Return this to Dark. This used to be the big coin. This is now the big coin. All right, so my number six is, again, like I said, this is pretty much, I think there's only going to be one surprise on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is one of my favorite mechanisms, but it has been cooling off for me, especially since... There's games that are coming out that are like the hybrid style with this mm-hmm. mechanism and another mechanism, and you see it quite a lot. This one is deck building, and I specifically went straight deck building uh, because yeah, because like, in board game geek gets listed as deck pool well, building. Yeah, I, I specifically building. went de- deck building mm-hmm. because out of all the other games that are also on that list for bag and pool building, I was like, no, nah, I still would play this hands down over everything else because it's I still have a blast with this one. And this is Ascension. Because you also have your, your hybrid games of like Lost Ruins of Arnak and Dune yeah. Imperium where it is kind of the mechanism, but it's more just to put stuff out there. Yeah. For me, Ascension is pure and simple. A straight-up deck building, what I like about it is you are competing against another opponent. However, you're basically playing against the line. So you're either buying cards into the line into your hand or you're attacking monsters to get victory points. Once the victory point pull goes down, it triggers the end game. Very simple, very clean. I, I really do enjoy it. I know you highly recommend Shards of Infinity, but mm-hmm. every time I look at Shards of Infinity and I do want to try it, I don't think it's ever going to replace Ascension for me just because how simplistic it is. And especially um, since I finally got the, my favorite version of it the dawn of champions where it actually gives you a champion to start with and use your cards accordingly to try to like basically get the mechana into your thing this way you can get your champion card into your deck Uh, i have a great time with this game i play on my phone quite a bit because i have the app and it's really well done i honestly wish this app was on something like the um the Switch. Switch. Yeah, yeah. because I've been playing some games on the Switch. I just picked up a new Switch, so I bought some stuff for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, if this was on there, it'd probably be my most played game on the Switch. That's how much I play Ascension just on the app alone. I do need to play my physical copies a little bit more, but I do like the fact that also it scales pretty well, because you just add more points uh, to the pool for a two- to four-player game. Other than that, it plays pretty much the same. Yeah. Cool. So, Ascension, my number six, which is deck building. Nice. My number six is one that you've already said we have a crossover. Not the game, but the mechanism. Push your luck? Yep. Press your luck. And now, don't get me wrong. There was contention for three games for this one mechanism. Because this is one of my favorite mechanisms mm-hmm. of all time. Oh, a Netrunner, Forever. Oh, those are deck de- uh, construction games. Yeah. Netrunner, Summoner Wars, because you have the deck beforehand. Um. Uh, so, if you're going to go into the press your luck, I probably already mentioned the game that you're saying wins this. Mystic Veil? Nope. Oh! Nope. Not Mystic Veil. Is it Can't Stop? 
Okay, and then... Snack can't stop. But that was one of the three. Okay. The other one that, that fought it a little bit was um, Dead Man's Draw. I'm a big fan of Dead Man's Draw. Oh, oh I, I love that that's one. That's my so least good. favorite one. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you haven't played Farco yet, have you? <laughs> you might not like that one as much. Probably not. Um, but the one that just hands down brings it out. Um, good one kind of brought up the idea earlier. I am a big sucker for co-op games. Mm. And so working together... There, there's nothing more exciting than combining cooperative with something with really high tension and press your luck is a really high tension activity. <laughs> so if you have a cooperative game with press your luck dice, then you have hot shots. Oh, wait, you said Dead Man's Draw, so I was so confused. That was, that was the other one that, because those can't stop hot shots and Dead Man's Draw are like always three, like back to back. I would play any of those anytime. The only reason I don't really think of hot shots much anymore. So my wife despises that game. Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. Uh, my wife doesn't hasn't played it, so she doesn't care. I play it, and I love that game. I, I see, it I is don't. so much tension. It's so good. Uh, yeah, Dead Man's Draw, the tin box, yep, it's so good. Um, he, he hates it, I know, but Dead Man's Draw has always been... Uh, or Captain Carcass, or there's like some other names. Yeah, but Hot Shots is really good. Yeah, Hot Shots is fantastic. It's so intense because you're... Because you look at other people, you're like, hey, uh, should I roll again? We kind of need this. They're like, I don't know, man. Because <laughs> like, normally in, in Press Your Luck, you're like, hey, come on, come on, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you got this, come that, on. I, Do it, and egging them on. That, that might be my one of the reasons why I like the um, the aspect of, because another good one of this is Quacks of Quinlanburg, but it's not co-op. Right. It's I like the, the, the trash talking you get yes. when it's competitive uh, yeah. compared to don't do it, don't roll, no, don't. No, no, no. Just think it's fine. It's fine. No, yeah, it's, uh, I absolutely like it a lot. It's so fun. And of course, it's from the designer, uh, Justin DeWitt, and uh, yeah, friend he, of the podcast. It, he, he just, he just made it so exciting. Especially the fact, like, it's like, well, fire tokens are moving here, they're moving there, you're trying to put out the fire, you're trying to control it, maintain things, trying to hold on to stuff. It, it's just, it's so good. I can't recommend it enough. Hot Shots, that's my favorite Press Your Luck game. Mm, I don't you can't like tell it. me which one's not my favorite. Mm, well, you don't get to decide my favorite game. Yeah, yeah, well, Can't Stop is a much better game. <laughs> and it's, like, from the 80s. I'm not saying it's not better. <laughs> I do think it's better... But it's more fun. Yeah. I mean, I have... You know Can't Stop is ranked higher than this on my list. Yeah. But for Press, you're like the good, strong feeling of, like, oh, man, I'm really got to dig deeper for this. Let's hope for the best. No. You just feel it so much. Thanks for reminding me about Quacks at Quellenberg, because I remember that one so much, just because how much trash talking we did that entire Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quacks is awesome. All right. I'll do if you do it. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Come on, come on. Keep going. Keep going. It's fine. All right. Number five. Number five. To me again. Yep. All right, so my number five, I've talked about this game a lot. Um, but once I saw it on this list, I'm like, all right, I got to put it on there because what it does for this mechanism is true. And that is variable player powers. Mm-hmm. And it's my number one game of all time, so let's not belabor the fact it's Gloomhaven because there are so many uh, characters in there that play completely different. Yep. And you're always building the deck as you're leveling up. I haven't seen every single character in that list uh, because I haven't uh, retired enough characters or I haven't done enough uh, retirement cards that allow me to open new stuff. I've seen quite a few. I've seen 
pretty much most of them. But there's some I still haven't been able to see because we're still working through the campaign. But yeah, the variable player powers, I love the uniqueness of every single character. There's characters that give you kind of that mage feel, but like Jaws of Lion, they're, they're this ready out of the box with not a spoiler here. You have a character there that has to hurt itself to heal others. Um, you have another one that's really good. It is a, it's a rogue. But he throws axes instead of uh, shoots a bow and arrow. <laughs> so yeah. I like stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's so pleasing when it's with these different uh, characters. So, yeah, I'm not going to believe the fact my number five, variable player powers, Gloomhaven. I love Illuminus's comment on that. It's like, ooh, second edition, huh? Do I have to rebuy the whole box again? <laughs> I'm tempted on that, though, because I have no problem playing through it again. I so much I yeah. like that game. But I also have to get through that one. Right. My number five is one that I you will very likely be able to guess. This is um, Set Collection. But it also has a lot of hand management and presser luck in it as well. It is strictly a card game. Oh. It's one of my favorite of all time. Go ahead and say it. I'm not going to guess it. Mystic Bell? No. <laughs> what? I don't know. You talk about Mystic Vell all the time. I, I Honestly, the set collection card game, that's like half your library. <laughs> yes, but this one has a lot of shrewd negotiation. Matches? Touche. Touche. That was a good burn. All right. No, Bonanza. Oh, it was Bonanza. Yeah, Bonanza. So when you were saying like the set collection, you know the one I was actually thinking? Jaipur. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I understand. No, um, set collection goes to Bonanza because I mean, building up that that third, uh, the third field, like building off of it, getting a better set than everybody else, trying to press your luck, making it better and better and better because it only takes a few more cards just to make yeah. it worth more points, and it gets fewer and fewer cards the higher you get. But people might force you to discard them. Has a lot of fun negotiation, a lot of back and forth. And you have to effectively manage your hand. The fact that you can't change the order of your hand is what pushes people to negotiate even more. Yeah. Which shouldn't make sense at first. Like, And most people don't understand that at first. They're like, oh, well, you have to play one or two cards. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Wait a minute, I don't want this chili bean. Well, then you better get it out of your hand before, yeah. before it comes back to you then. That's mm-hmm. how you get rid of it. You have to negotiate really effectively. I love this game. It's, oh, that's a it's great always game. a hit every single time. I could have picked, you know, the whole slew of different mechanisms that it applies to, but this is also my favorite set collection game. I consider Ticket to Ride for that um, set collection because it really is as well. But um, it just it doesn't yeah. feel like the same. Way. Honestly, uh, that was one of the games on my short list. Was it was network route building? That's where Ticket to Ride yeah. was considered. I was like, yeah, I do like Ticket to Ride, but honestly... Yeah, I was like, I don't like a lot of networking games. Yeah. Like, they're fine. They're pretty good. Yeah. I would pick that over Area Control easily, but... Mm. I, oh, I would, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, Ticket to Ride is, like, it's a it's one of my favorite games of all time, mm-hmm. but for some reason it's not a perfect example of my favorite mechanism. Yeah, so. yeah, no, I get that. That's uh, my number five. Going to our number fours. Here we go. Oh my god, it's still me. <laughs> Alright, so... The interesting thing about this one, this is probably the one of the newest mechanisms for me personally. I haven't played a lot of games on this, but it's going more and climbing more and climbing more on this list. And there is a reason for that, because I am a sucker for these kind of games. Especially, like, our mutual friend Dom mentions these all the time. He's like, 
oh, and then it has this mechanism. Damn it, Dom, don't oh, tell no. me this. Not again. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I'm sure I probably will. Multi-use cards. Oh, yeah, multi-use cards. Oh, I love multi-use cards. I, again, on the uh, Board Game Geek, they don't have a lot of games in there. The only one I've actually relatively played, and I do like this game a lot, to the point where when we found the expansion in the wild, I picked that up, too. And this one's Fleet. I oh, yeah. adore this game, and it's relatively older. It's like 2011, 2012, something like that. Uh, but I like the fact that the card could be, you can use it to put your ship out there. It could be used to buy a license. It could be your money. Um, you're using these cards for so many different aspects of the game. Uh, it's just, it's so well done. And like I said, I am a sucker for multi-use cards. There's a, the, the new um, Stonewire game, Expedition, uses multi-use cards. Mm -hmm. I was like, sold. I'm into that. Right. Uh, there's another game Dom, our, our friend Dom was telling us it's going on Kickstarter. And it's like, oh, and it's got multi-use cards. Don't tell me this. I can't spend any more on Kickstarter. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But yeah. So, yes, multi-use cards. I can even see multi-use cards making it into, like, my... It's already in my top five, but I can see it moving into the top three. I don't think it, I can see it unseating my number one, but it can get up there pretty close. I, I don't... I think it would stop probably at three, though, uh, because it just... It triggers, like, happiness in me, because it's like, yeah. oh, I can use it for this. But it also get it's one of those games that give me that AP aspect of, like, how do I want to use this card? Do I want to use it for this, or do I want to do it for this, or do I want to use it for this? Oh, wait, I don't need this card, so I can use this for, like, the boat or something like that. Right. Uh, so, multi-use cards is my fourth favorite mechanism. Fleet is the game I picked for this, because it really showcases uh, how multi-use cards are played. And I do really do enjoy this game, because... Those cards are everything for you. They're your currency. They're your boats. They're stuff you use to capture the fish. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, fleet. Very cool. Good choice. Um, my number four was not on the base uh, list for mechanisms. Now, you, you and I, to the family. We, we talked about a little uh, a little, list, yeah. uh, a, a uh, Easter egg list of mechanisms. That you had to find. Uh, so we pulled these mechanisms what from, from that. <laughs> yep. We pulled this from uh, boardgamegeek.com, which is a great resource. Now, they, you, if you click on browse mechanisms, it has most of these. Yeah. We somehow found some other mechanisms that was, instead of being under mechanisms, mechanisms. it was under families. So like it might be like series of games or themes or, or things that so, uh, a few games have in common. And they also have mechanisms listed under there. Mm -hmm. This was Legacy Games. <laughs> and, I mean, you already know which I, one my favorite Legacy game is. Well, no, there, it's it's a toss-up for two for me, or for you, that, that come to mind. And I'm going to go on the limb and say Pandemic. Yeah, no, okay. that's not on the limb. That's, that's the trunk. Pandemic Legacy Season 1, one of my favorite ones. I've actually played Charterstone, and I do like it quite a bit. It, the only other one is... better uh, than a lot of of uh, Legacy games. Kinda. The only other one I can think point. of that, that the other one I thought of was uh, Betrayal. Yeah, Betrayal is my number two. Yeah, but Pandemic Legacy Season 1. I'm a sucker for Legacy. It's one of those me me mechanisms where if you say, oh, it's a Legacy game, alright, I'm in. You know, like, almost, guaranteed. Almost entirely. Um, Rick Legacy was the grandpa. We actually yep. are, we're about three scenarios in it and we haven't played it for two years. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll fix out one of these days. 
Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe yeah. we'll just like binge it all in one day. Yeah, I'm down with that. That'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, Pandemic Legacy Season 1, that is my favorite uh, legacy. If you don't know what legacy games are, uh, basically any time you play it, permanently alters future iterations every time you play it from the future. I think a big part of it, too, the reason why I got lost is because campaign games also use the legacy yes. list. Like, Risk Legacy and I almost was put in campaign. campaign yeah. but I'm not a big campaign person, but I'm a huge legacy person. Like, Gloomhaven is legacy-esque, um, but uh, they put it under campaign because uh, Gloomhaven doesn't make permanent changes unless you're playing, like, one of the variants. Yeah, and then really, like, the board... Where you apply stickers to yeah. like literally, you're just it's just a data sheet. That's all it is. Yeah, the board doesn't. Um, it, it's just basically running your campaign. But in all honesty, you could play every single scenario right in that game. And the legacy as a one shot. The 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 permanency of that, yeah, it goes into destruction of parts. But what what it really boils down to the difference is <laughs> is every time you play it, do you permanently alter the future game? Yeah. So like you don't. You don't destroy anything by by making a choice and opening up a box. But every time you play it on that next round, mm-hmm. you'll be opening or you'll be using the components from that box. Yeah, and so that's a permanence thing. Now, granted, that is um, that is campaign as well. well yeah. you know. But the fact is that you have to make those that that extra level of harder choices. That's mm-hmm. what sets it apart for me. Because I can tell a story, but it's like, oh wait, no, I didn't really want to do that. Well, like. If in a legacy game, if you have to tear up a card, you yeah. decided that then and, and then there, also and like, there's no going back. There's stuff in there like, and it's in the rule. If your character gets uh, more than two, I think it's cars is what mm-hmm. it's called. They're yeah, gone they're, from the game. Yeah, yeah, they die. You know, and and so the reason that's so impactful for me is like if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which this is not a knock to RPGs, but if you're playing that, it's like oh my character died. Oh darn, you know, it's just no, make but, a new character. Make a new character. It could be the same thing. No, no, like you've. You've thought so much into the building of this character, and you've put so much work over the multiple, multiple uh, stories. And their abilities that, have gotten really good. And their abilities, good. yeah, that were also one-time use. Mm-hmm. That when when they are at risk of dying, you are so, so nervous and scared that you genuinely care about these, you know, created yeah. characters. And you, like... There was a there was one time in, in Pandemic Legacy season one where one of our characters died and we were all in shock, like legitimately. Because it was the first time we've ever experienced it. Right. Like, Lewis is saying we here, he scared. experienced it. RPG players experience it all the time. Yeah. Especially if you have a rude DM like that. Jeez. Yeah. The DM sends you home. That's funny. <laughs> that's a DM I like right there. But that's my number four is legacy games. Alright, number three. three. Here we go. Finally, oh, wow! Finally, it only took me to number three. So, number three is uh, it goes along with cards. Like almost every one of my favorite mechanisms involves cards. Mm-hmm. I have hand management. I have um, set collection. This is trading. I love trading goods, and I do have two games that I wanted to bring up. One very quickly. You mentioned one of them already. Istanbul. Jaipur. Well, yeah. I get those two confused. They're, they're in the they're same region. The same thing. We apologize <laughs> to all of our Istanbul and Jaipur. and Jaipur. They are not in the same region. They're not even on the same continent. Yeah. Istanbul is by the Mediterranean. Jaipur is in India. 
Get close enough. <laughs> or you're just upsetting the whole continent, sir. Sir. Slender's probably the other one. Calm yourself. No, Jaipur. I I adore Jaipur. Oh, no. We're going to get canceled on this. Oh, this, this has been three years all down the drain now. One's in the Middle East. The other is in India. They're closer than we are to, say, Australia. Sure. <laughs> you're not wrong. There's I a reason guess. why it's called the Middle East. So Jaipur is an amazing training <laughs> Wow. I'm so sorry. Oh, my, hey, my geography sucks, but my history skills are through the roof. <laughs> I, You know, it's rare that you get me speechless <laughs> during the podcast. Okay, trading games. Mind, though. Trading <laughs> games. Well done, sir. If that was your goal, wow. <laughs> it's time to learn geography now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's a shout out to Geography Now, the YouTube channel. Go check out their stuff after you're done listening to us. Anyway, Jaipur is one of the best trading games. You said there's two games on game. this list. I know Jaipur. Yes, Jaipur. The other one is a Sid Saxon game. Oh, bizarre. Bizarre, yeah, because that is, you know, quintessential just trading. You're trying yeah. to convert in the best way possible. Um, I mean, you're never directly interacting with your opponent in a two-player game, which is kind of rare. You're only interacting with the center market. But everything you do to the market really messes with your other player, which is so, really kind of cool in a way where you're like, well, you know, I don't want to benefit you, but I'm going to pull this up. Oh, wait, no, that replaces it with a gold card. Suddenly you want a gold card. Well, you'll just take that one. But I have, I'm not going to trade in to gold because you just took that one. And I want the expensive ones. Ha, ha, ha. You know, it's so good. Century Spice Road is absolutely amazing. If you took Jaipur and combined it with Bazaar, um, that would be Century Spice Road. That's actually um, a really good uh, comparison. Yeah. Yeah, Century Spice Road is phenomenal. And But here's the thing. Bazaar, the, the game from the 70s or 80s from Sid Saxon. No, it's from the 60s, I believe. Yeah. From Sid Saxon. Uh, we brought up Can't Stop earlier. Bazaar is so smart in how it works because, yes, it has a lot of the same, oh, I will convert a blue chip into two red, or I will trade in a red and a green for two yellows and a white, you know, yeah. and you're doing all these weird conversions because effectively you're trying to fulfill an order and, and the card might as be efficiently as, as efficiently as possible because, like, the card might just say five blue. Okay. Well, when you purchase that card, you look at whatever tokens are remaining from what you had and anything that you have and will detract from the points. If you trade in exactly the five and you have nothing in front of you, you get significantly more points because you were that much more efficient. That's why I like it so much. Um, both are very similar, uh, but Jaipur and Splendor Duel are definitely different enough to own both. Um, really, most of the Duel games, uh, Seven Wonders Duel, Jaipur, Splendor, like they all fit in that line. Encore is even pretty good in that line as well. Right. But that's my number three is Jaipur and Bonanza for trading. My number three is a mechanism that you and me really both enjoy uh, a lot. I don't know if it made it into your top eight, but uh, we... It's not a crossover uh, yet, huh? No, we have. we got to push your luck. No, but I mean, this isn't a crossover yet? Not yet. Okay. Uh, so I'm thinking it, it might be higher on your list or it just missed out on your top eight. Um, we'll find out. It's funny, we have two uh, mutuals that refuse to play this mechanism because they, one just doesn't like it, the other one has a hard time gronking it. 
and this is trick taking. Mm. You, you probably already know the game. I talk about it all the time. I really do enjoy it. And it's probably one of my most played games in the last two years. The crew? No. Little Devils. Oh, Little Devils, yep. I just love uh, trick-taking, uh, some of the fun stuff that it does. You have your basic ones. You have your betting ones. You have um, the ones where you want to shoot the moon, mm-hmm. not take any tricks. There's yep. ones that you don't want to take the tricks because they're going to give you negative points. And Little Devils is the, this one. I do like when they do some smart stuff. Like the crew, you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. does really smart stuff when it comes to putting a co-op on a trick-taking game where you have to figure out how to feed tricks to certain people. Uh, Little Devils, I like it because you don't want to take tricks because every card, the tricks you take have little devils on them. Whoever has the most little devils or whoever hits 100 triggers the end game. Who has the least amount of those devils ends up winning the game. So you're basically trying to feed tricks to other people because you don't want them. I love that. Fox of the Force, great two-player push and pull uh, trick taking game mm-hmm. another one cat in the box i uh, that's really moving up my list i love the intrigue what that one does uh <laughs> and i'm kind of glad we played that with uh, our mutual friend we were talking about game head geek he has a hard time gronking uh um trick taking games that one is very tricky the cat in the box because there's no suits yeah. on the cards you determine the suits by your knowledge and hide was cool too I have not played Jekyll and Hyde. I do want to try that one. Uh, Another one I really, really do enjoy, but I don't enjoy it based on how you should play it, and that is Ghost of Christmas. I like that one a lot. I like the the Tiny Tim variant where you're just playing, because you're playing into three different suits. Shooting the moon. Shooting the moon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, More so than the best, because if you don't, I don't, I like bidding trick-taking games, but I sometimes don't like them because if you don't make your bid, you get nothing. Uh, I do like the the shooting the moon and trying not to get any tricks in a round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Little Devils is by f- by far my favorite one because it's to the point now. Whenever I go over to our friend's house, he's like, "Did you bring the Devil Game?" And I'm like, "Yes, I did this time." That's right. Uh, because we like it. I have another uh, trick taking right now sitting on my shelf of shame, Gorus Maximus, and it's supposed to be uh, a trick taking game that can be played up to eight players. So. I, I do want to try that one. A party trick-taking game? That sounds fun. Yeah, I can't wait to show you Trickster. Uh, you you mentioned Trickster, but yeah. Yep. So I just love trick-taking games. Uh, Little Devils is my favorite, but like I, I mentioned a lot of games that just climbed that list. Sinclair? What's the Sinclair trick-taking game with variable cards? Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. At least not off the top of my head. All right, our number two. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll be starting us off this. Now this our number two, um, it, it when you ask me about if trick taking is on my list, uh, if you really think about it and know that we only have two left, you're gonna know the answer <laughs> to that question. Because this next one is a crossover and it is not trick taking. So is so trick taking is not on your list. Yeah. But feel free to guess on the mechanism that's this next one because this really is almost every game. That I play that has this mechanism, I am 100% in. I will try almost every game. Even if it combines it with worker placement. Even if it's simple press your luck. Even if it's, uh, like, you know, an old, like, no-themed ones. Oh, Custom Heroes, yes. Uh-huh. Custom Heroes is more, um, it's John DeClaire, actually. It's card crafting. It's more of a ladder-climbing game than it is trick-taking. There it is. Although a lot of people say that they're very similar. 
Um, so yeah, there's a mechanism that they combine with a lot of other mechanisms. You probably have, I don't know, seven or eight, at least, maybe even ten to fifteen games that use this mechanism. This was on your list for a reason. Oh, it was already on my list? Yep, this is a crossover. Deck building? That's right. Deck building, pool <laughs> building. You already know what my favorite one is. Um, there's like 15,000 cards or something for this game. I, I don't even know anymore. There's some just insane amount. Okay. Actually, I'm exaggerating. But this is Dominion. Yeah. Dominion. Yeah. I don't best. want to say the name because I refuse to. Yep. I know. You hate it. I love it. It's the best game ever. Not the best game ever. It is my favorite deck building game, though. Still, it always was when I first played it. This has led me to enjoy pretty much every other deck building. The you only know, one that could compare to it. The which only one expansion, I, honestly, um, probably Seaside, because I really like nautical theme stuff. But I really liked um, Al- the Allies expansion, the newest one that came out. That was really fun. Um, ooh, Adventures is good. Uh, Prosperity is good. Cornucopia was fun. It was Cornucopia was the first expansion. It was like a lot of extra. Like I, was, I found out why I don't like Dominion. I don't hate it. It's a fine deck building game. But uh, I was watching a video and they were talking about it. And now I figured out why I don't like it. Uh, what deck builders I like, I like the River Tableau. Mm-hmm. I like what's coming up. I can choose what's going on this one. This one, you just choose the cards that are going to be in the deck. And yeah. then you go as you play. Yeah. I, I prefer the River Tableau. And see, I, I, I understand that. And I, it's really exciting as well. The reason it doesn't compare to me is because I feel that you have far more a- or agency, agency in yeah. the game. And like when you have the the 10 cards that are your kingdom cards in Dominion, you have to like try and figure out what is going to be the best synergy, what's going to be the best amount for each of those. And everyone else has that same puzzle to solve. Whereas like if a really cool card comes up to you in like Star Wars deck building game or, mm-hmm. or Star Realms, like... It, yeah, that's really exciting, and then you can get it. But then I was never given that option, mm-hmm. and therefore it's less, it's more arbitrary. And then that also those games, a lot of those now, the the deck building part of it is you just play everything and then do what you can. Yeah. Dominion, no, you're you have a finite number of actions by and what you can do on your turn, and getting the cards that help you mitigate that restriction is also what sets it apart. And then on top of that. Like, you have the timing of when you buy your victory cards. Like, because they're worthless in your deck. But when you buy them, you need them. So when you when do you start flipping over to buying victory points? When you start watching other people going, okay, they're, they're going into victory points. I need to start catching up. Mm-hmm. Have I built up the engine better enough? Whereas in, um, whereas I feel like in a lot of other deck builders, it's like, all right, I'm ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, and you're dead. Done. Like, there wasn't, it wasn't much of a choice. And the only reason why Quacks of Quedlinburg didn't make this list, because I, I absolutely love that, that game. I love that game too. Is is yes, it's a pool building, but every single turn what you buy and everything you've used goes always back into the bag. Mm-hmm. And you never have that definitive restart yeah. where you have to use up what you've done already. Like you might buy many, many tokens that go into the bag and you never see them throughout the game. I'm trying and to that's remember, the problem I, I have with I'm it. I'm trying to remember with Dominion. Is, is there capabilities to shedding cards on yes. your deck? Okay. I, I, I was, I, yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember. It's like That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I like deck building is because you can start shedding your starter mm-hmm. stuff out. Yes. Yeah, very much so. And and knowing knowing when to do it and which ones to put. like the, 
in no other game, there's always ones where you shed the cards from your deck and you're like, all right, all of my starting, now that I have a pretty good engine, I'm just going to get rid of all my starting. Yeah. No, this one, not necessarily. There, there is so, times where you will where you will shed cards to get other apparently games. Apparently, it's not and in then the shed those. base game. It's he's saying Illuminous is saying it started in Alchemy. What did the uh, shedding of the cards, trashing? No, there's trashing cards in the first one, I believe. Might be the second edition. No, no, it was the first edition. I never, I didn't get the second edition until later. Oh. I'll have to think about it, but I do believe that there is in the base game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's totally trashing. No, uh, mines you trash and remodels. You trash. Because then you can trash the cards and then get get the other ones. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, there is more trashing in that because you have to deal with that extra, with the potions and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But yeah, there was, there was trashing in the original. I'm trying to think. Because uh, you were mentioning going off Dominion. There's two more on our list. And I'm Money trying... Lender. Trash a... Trash a... Copper and get three points. I'm trying to think what uh, I really don't think trick taking's on your list, but it might it probably be number two if it is going to be it's going to be on next on the list. Well, that was my number two. It was deck building. Oh, we just started with number two. Yep. Then it's not going to be on your list because I think I know what your number one is. Probably. You know, I'll give you let you guess. All right, but, my number yeah. two is this is the one uh, I mentioned it earlier. I have a cheaty one. I have one that's two games, just depends on what mood I'm in. And two... That was my last one. This, this is in um, the hidden ones. It's under the family, not yes. the other thing. I think I know which, which one this was, because I saw it and I thought of yours. So okay. I considered it on mine, but I'm like, eh, there's nothing that I specifically All right, like. so what is it, do you think? I think it's Tableau. It's Engine Tableau. It's yeah. actually... That's how they tagged it, too. It's yeah. Engine Tableau. The two games on this list, um, I mentioned these a lot. It just depends. Both of them are in, I think, in my top ten of all time. Um, and it just depends on the mood I'm in. Uh, if I want to play something like sci-fi uh, sci style, then I'll play Terraforming Mars. Yeah. Uh, I really do dig this game. If I want to play something that's just more more chill, and you're having a good time, hanging out with friends, I'll play Wingspan. That is one of my favorite games of all time. In fact, I think it's my number two. Um, I've never played Unfair, uh, but this one is so, so... Both of these games are so well done, especially with some of the expansions they add. In fact, with Wingspan, um, I have it on the Switch now. I bought it. It's on oh, nice. sale. It was like 50% off. I got that with the European expansion. Okay. Uh, play it on the Switch. Have a great time with the digital implementation. Uh, the, the actual board game, I have the big box, you can't see it, but I have to put it on the top shelf because <laughs> it would take up like almost half uh, another shelf. Uh, it's taller than the Everdell box, if you could say. It's not as long, but it's taller. But I have so much fun with both. I have both big boxes. I have the Terraforming Mars big box, too. I finally play Terraforming Mars with the Prelude expansion. Mm -hmm. I agree with everybody says. Get if you're only gonna get one expansion in Terraforming Mars, get Prelude. So much fun. Um, so it's just it basically dependent upon my mood. Engine building, tableau building. It like I said, that's why I was saying tr I can see multi-use cards making it in top three. I don't see it ever unseating something like uh, uh, number two and number one. Yeah. My number another one great game for tableau building is Arc Nova. I just don't think it's gonna. Anywhere move those two games off my list. Right. 
That's fair. Cool. And then uh, help playtest unfair. That's cool. Where's the 3D board for Terraform? All right. Do, do, that's going to be like their next Kickstarter after the Prelude 2. Number one, starting you with... Know, do you one. want me to start? Because I think you could probably guess what mine is. I'll start. You know what my number one is. I actually don't. On top of my head, Yeah, you do. I'm sure I, I talk about it all the time. It's my favorite mechanism of all time. And you're, uh, it hasn't been mentioned yet. You know what it is. Just look at my game library and see how many of that mechanism I have. Um, dexterity. I don't have a lot of dexterity. I'm kidding. <laughs> co-op? No. No, I, I co-op did not make my list. Resource management. No, there wasn't really one. Mm-mm. I don't know. All right, all right, yeah. There's a hint for you. There's a hint for you. Tableau? There's a hint for you way up there. There's one right over my shoulder. Yeah, follow shelter? Uh-huh. Okay. Worker placement. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what? No, you're right. I was thinking too much into it. Yep. Okay. Worker placement. Yeah. It's, it's the probably one of the most represented mechanisms. I mean, you got Lost Ruins of Arnak, Dune Imperium. Yeah. And what is my favorite worker placement game? Uh, Gloomhaven. No. It is. It's not worker placement. Worker placement. It is not worker out there. You I am not gathering stuff. resources with said worker. Well, you are the bones of your enemies. <laughs> Those are resources. All right. In all honesty, what, yeah. what, what do you think it is? Oh, uh, your favorite uh, viticulture. Yep. Yeah, my number one uh, favorite mechanism is worker placement. <laughs> not for the king. <laughs> and my favorite one is viticulture. In fact, viticulture has really got me what into uh, worker placement. I only played one other worker placement before viticulture. Lords of Water. Yeah, Waterdeep. I, I I was fine. I liked the mechanism. I didn't really care much for the the game itself. Right. I played viticulture. I'm like, I really want to play this one. I found it uh, on one of our bookmen's room. It was super expensive because it was the essential edition out of print. They hadn't. They were in between runs with their essential mm-hmm. edition. So I basically splurged all my sell back for that one game. And boy, was I glad I did. I really, really uh, enjoyed that game. Yeah. Uh, and to the point where I have the the co-op version of it. I have the wine crate is what it's called. The big box version of it. Because I have the uh, Tuscany essential edition. I'm only missing, I think, one expansion. And it's the Tours of the Rhineland. I got the Moors Visitors from Lindy, where she's like, it's been sitting on my shelf. I'll give it to you half off. <laughs> so oh, yes. I was going to buy it regardless, but sure. Yeah, I was like, what, uh, what right I, do you have to argue about that? <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, uh, I mentioned Lindy, this is Game Vault in El Paso. They're yes. great people. Uh, but yeah, Viticulture, Worker Placement, that is just my jam. Yep, very good. Alright, my last one. This Tile is placement. to surprise nobody. <laughs> Tile placement. Yes. Catan. And, and now, very, I want this to be very mm. clear. This is, Sorry, not Catan. Carcassonne. Same scene. Yes, Carcassonne. Very different games. I want to be very clear on They're this. almost in the same general area. <laughs> almost, yes. <laughs> They're both Europe. I got it right this time. Tile laying, not polyomino game. Okay? <laughs> polyomino games and tile laying games are very different Games. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I just want to be very clear on that. Because Polyomino's fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm surprised yeah, Trick Taking didn't make your list, but yeah. Uh, there was a lot. I mean, Worker Placement didn't either. Yeah, yeah, true. Right? And I like both of those. But yeah, no, I there's enough 
I feel like uh, the reason trick taking didn't make my list is because I feel like hand management, set collection, mm. all of those encompass those... a lot of the same yeah. things that I like to do. Um, uh, you know, trading and all that stuff. I like those better in card games. Trick taking, it's good. I knew tile placement was on uh, going to be your number one. Yeah, not just because yeah. of Carcassonne. I know that's your favorite I game have of all time. So if you tell me it's a tile, tile placement, pla- yeah, a, a tile placement game, I am in hundred percent. Like because I want to try it. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to buy Expedition Northwest Passage. Um, that's the reason why I ended up buying Seventh Continent. Hey, a three. It's hey, a three. Um, thank you. Carcassonne is a solid choice. Viticulture, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's not tile placement, so, you know, um, but whatever I've said about the natives before, I'm taking, no, you don't have to say anything, don't worry, you know, stand by your opinions, it's all good, yeah, no, but tile placement, I mean, if you give me a tile placement game and tell me that that's a core mechanism, that feels like exploration to me, and I like exploring games, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. the only thing that could make most games better is by the ability to discover all these new spots. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know like, that's one of the reasons I like Legacy is that I know it's not tile placement, but as you're exploring and yeah. expanding outward, it's the same idea. And Carcassonne no, just purpose, perfectly encompasses it. It has the puzzle aspect of it. It has uh, just amazing, amazing parts of it that I just love every minute of it. Yeah, that's the reason Carcassonne is still my favorite game. A tile placement, I, I, I do like that mechanism. It was on my short list, I think. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down as 13. It wasn't like the 13th ranked game. It was just right. the 13th one I put on my list here. Right. And so, yeah, I get, went through it. It made the the shortcut. I think it was like the like the ninth or 10th game that got cut. Because I do like it. I, I did like the under Overboss. That's the Boss Monster tile placement game. I did enjoy that one. Yeah. I've never played that uh, one. There's that, that other one. It's like Land versus Sea, I think is what it's called. That's another good tile placement game. It's like the, the two-player uh, game that everybody was getting. You, I think Land, Air, and Sea? No, it's, is it Land, Air, and Sea? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the one where it's basically if it's two players, one person's playing the land, the other person's playing the uh, sea. And you're tile placing out there. Oh, um, land no. And sea. Land and Sea, yes. There's too many. Too many like that. No. Yeah. Land and Sea is cool. Yep. And so I, like I, I did enjoy it, and I, I I knew this was going to be your number one because yep. any time our mutual friend Dom mentions a tile laying game, you're like, oh, damn it, Dom! Yep. <laughs> Every time, bring it on over. Same thing we'll with me, it. like when it comes to multi-use cards or uh, multi-use worker placement deck building. Done. Oh like, god, yes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's why Lost Ruins of Arnak is so high up there for you. You know. Oh, I do like Lost Ruins of Arnak. Yeah, I know. That's why. Now you know why it's not that high up for me. No tile placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Worker yeah. placement, deck building. That's why. Lo- yeah, yeah. See, I got those two. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, oh I, yeah, the new land, land, air, and sea retheming. You have no. Dom has a copy of the new one. They were kind enough to give it to us for Gamma. I forget what it's called, but it's oh, okay. it's like battling. Uh, is it mice or rats or some Isn't some it like kind two of furry creatures or something like that? Some kind of furry creatures. Yeah, it's two player. Like, yeah. The, card, the, the card pro, for me, hero critters or something. The, yeah. the problem for me when it comes to these kind of games, it's very rare I'm going to keep a two player game in my house. It just doesn't get played. Right. Uh, the only person I could probably play a two player game is with you, mm-hmm. and you have most of them. So I'll just let you. I have a lot of them. Yeah. So uh, I I think I only have one technically right now, and that's the deck builder, um, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars deck builder. I used to have. Uh, 
what is it, uh, Seven Wonders Duel? Yeah. Got rid of that one. I just recently sold it just because it didn't get played. Yeah. Uh, and Seven Wonders Architect does give me that feel if I want to do Seven Wonders. Yeah. Uh, so Critters at War. That's what it is. It's fun. I, I do want to try it. But all in all, I really did enjoy doing this list. This was a fun list. So we'll be talking about the new ones later on. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you ever want to join us on a live episode, like our friends Illuminous, I3, um, our new listener, um, Good One, and anybody else who wants to join in. Um, I know I'm forgetting somebody on the list. I apologize, um, who, whoever I am forgetting. But join us live at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. And make sure you follow us on there so you're notified every time we come on live. Like I said, this, this and next week will be a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Since we want to celebrate the holidays. But, yeah, join us online. We'd love the conversation. We'd love to hear your input as well. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. All audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to reach out to us directly, you can... Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com, and you can send us emails, whether it's ideas for future episodes, just to say hi, or even to possibly answer future contests, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. I also just kind of want to mention before we close this out, pay attention to the first episode we record in August. We might be giving a game away. So pay attention to that. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.